This episode is sponsored by our friends at SongTrust. SongTrust is the world's largest technology solution for global music publishing, royalty collection, and administration. It was founded to simplify music rights management and to remove complexity from the publishing landscape. SongTrust collects publishing royalties for more than 2 million songs with a community of more than 300,000 songwriters and rights holders. Use promo code PUBCAST20 and sign up for 20% off your SongTrust registration. Hey listeners, welcome back to the AIMP National Pubcast. On this episode, we have now hitmaker, songwriter, and producer Alex Klein. And I bet you heard her recent number one hit with Tennille Arts, Somebody Like That. We talk about the community and support of women in the music industry and what that looks like in the future. Hey, Pubcast listeners, I'm super excited to be sitting with my friend Alex Klein. I have been watching Alex Klein's career since she was, uh, what was the name? Luna Bells, right? Wasn't it the yes, Luna Bells? that's it, the Luna Bells. <laughs> the Luna Bells is the first time I heard your name when you were an act signed to Sony Records, but I just realized quickly from meeting you back then how crazy talented this young lady is. Uh, not only can I think you can play any stringed instrument, and not just only play it, but do it very well. Banjo, mando, guitar, all the things, right? Uh-huh, yes. Because <laughs> I like to pick on her because she's a Berkeley grad, one of the nerdy Berkeley oh, grads. I, I just want to inter- interrupt and say Berkeley school dropout. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> Dropout's even better. Yeah, I spent three years there and spent more money than I want to say and managed to walk away without a degree. So anyways, continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes the story even that more brilliant because now you can show them all you don't need the degree. But uh, yeah. but has, I've watched her career from artist to songwriter to producer to now, I, I love this part, hit songwriter and producer, Alex Klein. Everybody welcome Alex Klein. Yay! <laughs> I'll clap so, for myself. <laughs> Well, Anyways. I kind of gave the, the quick here to there mm-hmm. story. Any other background you want to throw in there before we start diving into fun questions? Oh, man. Uh, gosh. Well, I was born on a cold spring day in March, but <laughs> uh, no, I mean, uh, I mean, you covered probably the important stuff. I mean, you know, lived in Minneapolis till I was 14, moved to Northern California. Um, so that's where my family is now. Spent most of high school, a little bit of college there, then went to college in Berkeley. and. Now I'm here, and you and you got since I'm here up to speed. Yeah, so. <laughs> we got to speed. So I'm just going to jump in. How's it feel currently to to have the hit songwriter and hit producer attached to your name now? You know, I've been in town for over twelve and a half years now. So you know, I'd be lying if I said that when I came to town, I uh, thought it was going to be the first couple of years where something like that happened. But of course, you know, when they say it's a five, seven, ten year plus town it's they they ain't lying so but the journey's been really i wouldn't change anything about it and now having reached kind of that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow it's really honestly every bit as incredible as i thought it would be and it's just been such an amazing ride i mean especially just to neil arts and allison and i have just throughout this process become like family with each other so to be able to celebrate with uh with people that I love so much has just been really outstanding. And then on top of it, just, you know, the fact that we made history, all of us together with having it be an all female team and me being the first solo female producer to do this, like that wasn't even a goal that I 
was hoping to set out and accomplish until kind of towards the end of this when we realized the stats and stuff. And so it was just kind of like, wow, how cool would that be if we did that? So it's just been like a double uh, reasons to celebrate, so. But one of the questions I also have, which I actually don't think I've ever asked you is, when did you transition into doing the production? Because as long as I've known you, I've known you've kind of done tracks. But when did when did you start doing that? Because you've produced a lot more than just uh, um, Tennille at the, at this point. So what? When was that? When did you see that being a thing that you wanted to to pursue? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I moved to town really to be a songwriter first. I mean, I ended up being in in some bands for a while in the beginning, and then I kind of transitioned back into writing and the reason why I started doing tracks was just I mean this was really before it was like every room had a track person in the room this was you know like nine or so years ago and I just really needed to get some um some songs heard and at the time Tim you'll remember you used to have to go in and every writer had to spend nine hundred dollars a song to get a to get a song demoed and um yeah. and so yeah and my publisher at the time was you know just didn't want to spend that kind of money of course on everything so um i was like well i'm gonna learn how to use logic and just maybe do a simple guitar vocal and then anything else beyond that you know i'll go into the studio for but i'll uh i'll i just want to be able to get my you know this the point of my songs across and so i started just doing guitar vocals and then i kind of started slowly um getting better at that and adding you know some other instruments to it and adding a beat behind it and then before i knew it i was kind of doing a lot of my own demos i mean a lot of them sounded pretty <laughs> pretty janky at the time i want to share them with people but um i was writing a lot at the time with uh with basically who, who I like to refer to as my sister, Erin Underland. She's one of my best friends in this town. And we had been writing some songs and some of them she wanted to record. And she, you know, turned to me one day and said, hey, would you want to produce this EP that I want to do? And I kind of like, you know, was taken aback and was like, why would you ask me to produce this? I'm not a producer. And she was like, are you kidding? This is like what you've kind of been doing this whole time. Just, you know, do it in the studio and do it on purpose. And so, we went into the studio and recorded her EP, I Let Her Talk. Um, and uh, and I just instantly fell in love with the process and that EP landed her on the Opry as well. And I got to play the Opry with her and just to be along for the journey of like watching her dreams kind of start to come true and, and the reaction that people uh, ha <clears throat> had to the EP and everything. It was just like, I was addicted after that. And so, and then it just kind of ended up spiraling a little bit like then you know that project led to me working with tara thompson and then aaron introduced me to terry clark and then a lot of this other stuff has kind of come out of you know writing in the room with people and and the artists uh liking you know the way that a demo sounds and stuff and i mean a lot of what happened with me and Tennille really happened just organically with us writing together and the songs that we were writing wanting to be you know recorded so that's amazing. Uh, and I, I love that it happened organically and you really didn't really in your mind, I don't think uh, pursued that as a career till it happened. And, and you, your stuff always does, which cause I've heard a lot of her demos are always sound amazing and it does have real instruments. It's not just in the box as I like to call it, you know, track stuff. So it adds an extra element. So you have those ears to bring that, that talent into it. Now, interesting because you can't ignore the elephant in the room that you you obviously are female and uh, and 
And Brandon, uh, our producer, uh, and I were talking prior to you jumping on, and he goes, she's the only one I've sat down or I know in that field doing it. But there are more of you out there, females that are out actually pursuing the the production side as well, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think definitely like every couple of years, I kind of turn around and, and we start to grow exponentially. So, I mean, like a handful of years ago or a few years ago, um, she doesn't live in town any anymore, but Sarah Emily Barrios, she's um, one of my most favorite people and she's so incredible. She does more pop stuff now, but she put together like a track girls club and um, and she just found like every single female producer she could in town at the time. And we'd get together and get drinks like every few months. And it was like us, um, Femka, uh, Elisa Vanderheim and uh, a couple and a couple other girls. And it was really just like about a half a dozen of us. I mean, ev every single one of them just like outstanding. And and everybody's just been continuing to grow. And now I kind of look around and it's like there's a there's a ton more amazing women that I see that are producing like Karen, who's um, doing stuff with Mickey Guyton and uh, and a bunch of others. And so I just really think that like after what we what we did with Tennille, there's going to be a bunch of them running up right behind me, you know, doing this, doing the exact same thing. So I'll ask a, a pointed question. Do you feel like it's there's been a lack of supply or a lack of demand for female producers or somewhat of a combo of both. I have my opinions here, but I'm interested in your thought on that. I think that just a lot of women haven't been in that role. And so for that reason, a lot of women haven't been in that role because they just haven't seen themselves doing it. And maybe they think that's not an option for me or that's something that only I see the men doing. And so I just think the more that we're doing it, the more other women are going to realize that they can do it too. And it's kind of the same thing. You know, I grew up playing electric guitar. And when I went to Berkeley, all of my guitar classes were just men. And I always just tried to see it as like something that kind of made me stand apart, I guess, more than it being, being a hindrance. But I do think that there is also though, now that more women are kind of coming up, I think there is like a voice in female production, especially, you know, the stuff that I've been able to do with uh, with a lot of the women, I think there's like a certain voice that we share together that maybe a woman wouldn't have sonically, you know, if they were sitting down with the with some of you know the male producers in town. So, I think the last time I remember, and I think you and I have spoken with this before, that Laurie White, who a lot of people probably don't know, was an artist and a songwriter back in the day, uh, produced a Toby Keith record. And that was a, was a big deal because a woman had not done an entire record other than artists that co-produced, female artists that co-produced their, their whole thing. So I'm excited, not just for diversity, but for diversity as well. But just to see talent, see that that's an option now, because I'm a, uh, I'm a father of two daughters and I've always encouraged them to go. You could do anything, but I tell anybody that. But I would love to see more of that. And I know that you're an advocate as well, you know, to, to support the other uh, ladies out there trying to make it happen. Like you, I do think that because of the success and the opportunity that you've had, that uh, people will be a little less gun-shy to give other uh, ladies that same opportunity in our world. And I, I look forward to it. Because you guys paint with different colors, see things a little differently, and, and the more of that we can have it'll just increase our our business so 
let me ask you this. Do you have any tips you would give? Because you said uh, you, you kind of came into the production side more out of necessity, which happens with a lot, uh, I have found. Particularly, uh, I remember Jimmy Robbins and I talking. He goes, I didn't really set out to be a producer. It's the only way I could get my song stem up. You know? So he just kind of learned it out of necessity. But are there tips for people that might see that might be something beyond just a necessity for them where they start realizing they have a skill. Do you have some tips or some, some uh, suggestions to help them along that journey that helped you become better at actually being a producer? Yeah. I mean, just like surrounding yourself with other people that are producers is really helpful. Like, you know, like that little hang that I had that I talked about, you know, with Sarah, Sarah Emily. And also just it, the tough thing is, is that now, in writers rooms we're always divided up into our roles and so i hardly ever get to create with other producers which sometimes i think is kind of you know a missed opportunity but um but like sarah emily when she was here um she's a she you know she's not just like a track girl she's a great writer as well and so for a while until she left we would have a monthly and we would switch off between each other's studios. And like, I would go to her place and we write with an artist and she would do half the track and then she'd send me the files and I would do half the track and then vice versa. And we'd always come up with something really different because our styles are very yin and yang. She's way more pop and I'm way more organic. And um, that was like, I feel like whenever I do that and I just wrote, you know, with uh, Dave Pettinger um, the other week and with, uh, with Tennille Arts and Allison, and we ended up coming up with something really cool and like we're you know working on that track together and and just other situations like that where it's like you really learn from just being around your peers that are kind of doing the same thing i mean and in the beginning like when i was first starting i was writing a little bit with forrest whitehead and he was just starting to work with this girl named kelsey ballerini <laughs> and <laughs> never heard of her and he would just like he was so amazing in the way that he would pull up sessions that he had already finished demo wise and show me how he did tricks and he would send me links to you know youtube videos on production techniques and stuff and really that stuff inspired me and pushed me and and taught me how to do um, things and and for me to get out of my comfort zone because I also think that like when you're just sitting alone in your own studio a lot it, you can kind of start to feel a little redundant with with what you're doing and so just kind of surrounding yourself with with your peers because I think sometimes also two people are kind of sitting around waiting for a mentor like you know Dan Hoff or Jay Joyce to show up to kind of really teach them the ways but I swear the stuff that like that we're all doing at this level of in the writer room is where a lot of the cutting edge cool next wave techniques and sounds are coming from so i'm a big fan i, I love that uh, collaborative uh spirit that we have here in this town uh, and forrest is another great one great mentors doing a lot now on uh the music city playbook i think i want to get that right yeah, that that's he's it. doing and and teaching and have you and uh, Alisa done any work together since uh things have taken off we have we haven't we need to though we, you know we're both from the same um area in northern california we're both from marin county and she texted me after the number one and was like 415 for life i was like yeah girl <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. So well, I love the. I think that's great that that people get together and cheer. And again, that's kind of a Nashville thing. I mean, I, I assume some of that probably happens in other areas, uh, uh, like in LA or maybe New York or UK. But I'm sure for you, the next thing, other than continuing to work with uh, Tennille, the next thing's going to have some pressure on it. Maybe pressure. I hate to use that word because that puts pressure on it, but. Do you have in mind a process of how you're going to pick the next thing you want to work on as a producer and writer? Because I know pretty much anything you work with, I'll assume you're going to also write with because that's part of your your magic, I think. Mm, Yeah, Um, man, that's a good question. I mean, I think it's just like it's kind of a lot of it is like a gut is a gut feeling of of what feels like the right thing. And I mean, now I'm in a, you know in a more fortunate position where, you know, until the last year or whatever, when I'd have somebody kind of approach me about a job, it would be like, okay, cool. Well, I could, you know, I could use the money and let's, uh, let's do it. And, and, um, but now, uh, I, I feel like I really want to make sure it's kind of the next stuff that I do, which, uh, which, you know, everything that I've done, I, I've been really lucky to be really, really proud of, and I just kind of want to continue on that path and not, uh, I have the tendency to to overload my calendar with things. And so I think I'm going to have to like figure out what the next couple of things are and to really be able to focus on that and make sure that it's, um, you know, really, really special and be able to follow this up. So because now that now that we got the number one, the next goal is the Grammy record. So don't think I don't have a vision board of, <laughs> of that. So <laughs> yeah, you got to speak it to make it happen, man. Absolutely. You know, Here, I'm going sh- to show you really quick. I wrote this down on a piece of paper months ago and ah. I keep it at my workstation for anyone who can't see, cause this is a podcast. It says, uh, somebody like that is my first number one country song. And, uh, and I wrote that on a little piece of legal pad paper and I've been keeping it at my desk and would say it out loud for months. And I swear, like when we had push week and we were going for the number one and we didn't know if we were going to get it till Sunday, I would look at that piece of paper and no matter how nervous I got, I was like, well, I already, it's already in existence. It's already happening. And so. (laughs) Manifesting, man. You got to manifest. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening to the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. We hope you subscribe in your favorite podcast platform and follow us at AIMP Nashville to stay up to date and informed in the world of music publishing and songwriting. The AIMP Nashville Pubcast is created by executive producers Del Bobo and yours truly, Tim Hunzi, producer Brandon Harrington, mixing and editing by Casey Porter. Thanks again for listening and supporting the AIMP Nashville Pubcast.